We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 30th day of August, the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Pavel. Pavel, it's great to have you back with us. How are you this week? How was your weekend? Well, the weekend is just a pure pleasure. The weather is nice. Um, and, you know, I'm doing a little bit better every time I'm here. That's good. That is good. Glad to hear it. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Staying dry or attempting to. Uh, it's uh, pouring down rain here, which is also very lovely weather. I, I do actually enjoy a good thunderstorm. Absolutely. So relaxing. Send some mm -hmm. of that over here, will you? Because like this worst drought in 500 years over here. So like any rain would be wonderful. Seed clouds, seed clouds like they do, you know, in other, well, these no, other places that supposedly no, we don't do have that. any effect at all. Oh, okay, no, we, we can't. We can't do that because um, that's that would be like man-made climate change. We, we can't we can't seed clouds. So, oh, yeah. But we oh, wait. But like you mean specifically where you are? Because I know they do it. In other well, I'm places, being sarcastic. Right? I'm being. Oh, sarc I'm being yeah, sarcastic. They do it in some places. Yeah, they do it. They do it in some places. Yeah, I'm being sarcastic because we can't do something that might actually work or might actually help. And the other problem is there's really not much in the way of cloud cover, so it would make seeding clouds kind of difficult. Most days it's clear. You got blue skies and not many clouds. So yeah, there is that. Anyhow. First of the week, and you're back with us, Pavel. What is on your plate? What do you want to talk about? We don't really plan too much of these things. We've got a couple of topics we can talk about here and there. But what's front and center for you? What do you want to discuss? Open dialogue, open discussion. Uh, we like to not script these things. I mean, that's the whole point is we have a discussion about whatever's on our minds. So which way would you like to go and where do you want to start? Okay, well, as you showed us in the prep that the video of the, um, what was it, the Antifa rally that you were showing us? Yeah. Okay. So that was from Roanoke, Texas. They were armed outside of a, I'm not quite sure what that was. I'm not sure if it was a, um, if it was a cafe or a bar or whatever, but there was an event going on inside with children. And that was what they were there for was they were standing out there with armed assault rifles. Yeah. Yeah. They were protecting the rights of the uh, gentleman or the, the lady lady in the pink dress with the unicorn horn, the, the, the large lady, you know, right on top of that six-year-old girl looking up, that, that little, that guy in, in panties with a giant horn on his head, right on top of that six-year-old kid with all the other kids looking at him. Oh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's the one. Now I understand. Okay. I, I, wanna, I, I wrote a little, before I give it to Bruce, because he's itching. I, oh my God, this infuriates me. I can me. see Anyhow, so keep it, his fist. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Just like yeah, look, at my, look at my hands. Look at my hands. My fingers are interlocked. Um, anyhow, so to, to start off lighter, here's a little poem I wrote for this week. Um, I called it definitions, I guess. goes like this. Equality means no one cares what you are. The soul's in sight. You just float in a jar. Having class is just as important as gender. Stop looking to buy it from your fanciest vendor. And remember, in life, you can either open or enter. Confusion comes from going against your inventor. So please, 
No matter what gender, raise keys to open all doors. Stop the pandemic of internet horse. What I what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is a key that can unlock any door is a great key, but a door that unlocks by any key is a bad door. Kids are not supposed to be getting life upskirt shots of grown adult men wearing pennies on an afternoon weekend fun time while they're that the rights the rights of the parents and 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 men to do that in front of children are protected by armed militia i'm going to give it to bruce well you're just a bigot sir uh that that, that's what it boils down to (laughs) no uh i'm um (laughs) i i'm disappointed i should say uh in the i'm I'm gonna try to be gentle i'm i'm disappointed in the christian community uh again because uh and i i brads the christian community largely because i'm one of them so i feel it's my place that i should be poking at my own but we could have been out there doing the same kind of thing breaking up those events not necessarily going out there with assault rifles and and but we should have been out there i don't know talking to local law enforcement talking to the mayor i mean we should have been out there even criticizing the company, the, the businesses that, that, um, uh, you know, promote these kind of things. Maybe we should have, um, I don't know, boycotted, uh, you know, we should have been active in our communities more. This is what it boils down to because we haven't been active in our communities because, uh, this, this area that happened, is just on the Northwest side of Dallas. It's uh, like a suburb, if you will. Because we weren't active in those communities, this kind of stuff happens. But then I'm also expecting the same church that is, we we have different branches of the church that are out there okaying and saying um, God's transgender or uh, you you know all the all the kind of crazy BS that 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 the the woke left is saying the church is uh, taking right up and it it the Bible is really clear and I'm going to be offensive to some. That lifestyle is an abomination. And so funny, funny thing about that. Uh, my mentor growing up, uh, well, even even today, he's still alive, still mentor. He's uh, he says um, the truth will do one of two things. It will either set you free or it'll make you angry. So keep that in mind when you listen to the truth. Right. So you're you're talking it, about the, the theological side of things. Right. So I, I understand you're, you're coming at it from that angle. OK. And I'm I'm f- I'm fully on board with you with the theological side of that that view. OK. So I, I, I'm with you on that. But my argument to this is and I'm, I'm sure this is going to go along with all of the, the rest of the conversation that we have about this. My argument to this is where's anybody complaining or, or screaming out about protecting kids from this type of behavior? That's my question is I, I look at this the same way as I look at and I was telling you guys about this in prep. I, I look at this the same way as I look at pornography pornography, online pornography. The number one website out there is Pornhub, right? Everybody like they get what is it like a, a one and a half billion clicks a day or something like that? 98 uh, percent of all Internet something is it's either Pornhub or related. OK. All right. So. All right. So my, my argument to that is the is the exact same thing. You know, I can come at it from the same angle. Name me a kid that you see out there today that doesn't have a smartphone in their hands. And I'm talking I'm talking under 18, not a legal adult. If you're an adult, if you're 18 years old, we have age limits and age gates on these things. You can't go into an adult strip club if you're under the age of 18, 21 in, in most US states. But 
My argument's the same. If you have an underage youth, teen, whatever, pre, whatever, preteen, what is to stop them from accessing one of these free to look at uh, pornography sites that can basically show them not only that, but much, much worse? So that's my issue right there is that kids are being. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. That's the point is kids are being purposely targeted and hypersexualized by these agendas. I guess in the larger scheme of things, if we have any hope of wanting to turn this around, to turn this tide, whatever you want to call it, to remake society where it actually works, then this kind of behavior has got to be stopped and you've got to stop targeting children. Why do we have age limits in the first place. I remember being a teenager. First of all, I'd like to mention, obviously I got caught with that pornography thing. I was a kid once and and I didn't even have means to cell phone. I still figured out a way to, you know, look at pornography and he, it's it's the easier it is, the more kids are gonna look. That's that's a fact. Um but what what I wanted to say is why other age limits? Why is it that twenty one is an age limit? Why is eighteen? I know it has to do with, you know, protecting kids from sexualization, but also it has to do with brain development. You know, smoking pot under a certain age, I, I think it's perhaps at sixteen, I'm not an expert, will physically not let you develop. Drink an alcohol before your brain as a female is you know, developed enough early 20s that will prevent you from fully developing there are reasons for young individuals to not input extra chemicals in their bodies out of necessity for the well-being of their long-term life that i agree with however they're not using that kind of logic what they're doing is they're sexualizing the norm the norm for the kids in europe i've seen i've been on the beach a speedo is used to be at least a totally normal thing. I've seen plenty of guys that basically would just consider women's underwear. Never thought of it as sexual act. I thought it, we all thought it was gross. Now we take the same man, same you know father standing next to a little kid on a European beach. That's not sexualized at all. You put a dress and a freaking unicorn horn on him. That's the, the abomination. See, it's not exactly the objects or the action in this case. It's the context that they're trained trying to change they're making it okay to look at your dad or another adult dress and dress is not just an article of clothes it's representative of a certain action we associate certain clothing with certain actions or aspects of our life or even people in our life that's why we put decorations on our clothes we love that stuff so if you associate an image of a grown man and an image of a dress it's the association that young kids make in life is what basically later on nourishes their logic and more adult associations. If you are already pre-grown in the society to associate certain clothing with a certain con- concept of gender, and then later on, the associations are mixed because you're seeing a grown man in the gender now, you're sexualizing clothing even more. You, you're sexualizing the, the child's perception of the last thing that can give them an anchor in reality. Yeah, there's some very basic things that, that makes us anchor in reality. Our health, our perception of, of, of ourselves, and none of that matters unless there's something you can compare it to. Everything in life, all, all understanding is based on basically comparing. So if you're growing up and you have nothing to compare yourself to but men in dresses, which is a very confusing thing because you're associating something that signifies a female that is signaling a male. You know what I mean? That is 
in planting cognitive confusion in the first place in children. How else, how, how much better? I mean, they got their education, they changed history, they're deciding what's going in the kids' bodies. But last final step is destroy their understanding of words, of reality, all of it. Mix it in, blend it, put it all in the blender. You were mentioning in prep, uh, when we were discussing all of this, you were mentioning the comparisons between where we are now and the fall of Rome. And it's the same. We're following the same trends, the same paths. Absolutely. And Rome is a good example because it is the most clear one. But if you look a little bit more into it, a lot of other, you know, even the Byzantine Empire, I think it's pronounced, look at how they ended too. It's almost like there is a genetic self-termination button in any giant empire. It's like when there's too much, too much of an... So here's the thing. If there's too little food, the population will naturally go down in order to set itself in correlation with the amount of possible food they have. What if there's too much food? What if there's too many resources? Well, the population is not going to decrease because there's not enough resources. Somehow it needs to decrease or something needs to happen so the people naturally stop killing themselves by overeating this and that. Maybe this is a genetic self-termination key when the, the human body or the human genetic code realizes that there's some, something bad is going on, but it's not because there's too little stuff, there's too much. Everything is interconnected in life. I realized this a long time ago. It's not just one thing. It may be partly a genetic thing. It may be because there's too much stuff is around me. It all comes together to a population is willingly self-destructing itself. Why is it going on again? Is it engineered? Yes, but that's, you're, again, uh, I'm coming from the theological side of things. Um, it's an inherent, so Christianity doesn't believe every human being is inherently good. Christianity believes every human human being is inherently flawed, uh, which is why you need a savior. Because of that, eventually societies will always trend to this. But that's just an inherent because human humans humans trend that direction. They lean towards sin. When you have a, a comfortable life, people don't rely on God. They don't turn to God. They don't. They don't try to correct their ways, if you will, to try to do what's whether you think it's to appease a God or whether you think it's to better society doesn't matter. The conclusion is the same. It, it, it's going to end up if you don't do that, if you don't, as the founder said, a, a, a good Christian is also a good citizen. If you're not being a good citizen, whether or not you're a Christian or not, you know, take the theological part out of it. If you start going away from universal truths. A man is a man, a woman is a woman, as an example. Um, and then when you start trying to, uh, I'm going to step on toes, uh, the LGBT community, when you start going down that road and start, you know, if you want to do that amongst yourselves, fine. But when you start bringing kids into it and you're trying to indoctrinate the, the generations coming up, that's when there's a problem. And it's going to cause the collapse of society. We've seen it multiple times over. And to go back even further, again, back to the theological standpoint, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, when the fire and brimstone came down and the pillar of salt and all that fun stuff, this is what was going on in the cities. This kind of debauchery was going on there. Correct. And uh, the the two angels that went into the city, uh, the city, many of the men there were like, let us let us have our way with the uh, two visitors. And that's when Lot was like, I'll give you my daughter instead. Full well knowing the dudes won't take the daughter because... They're not into women. Anyway, all that to say, I, I, I'm just, I'm going to step on some more toes. Uh, this, I go after the Christian community and I'm going to go after the LGBT community just the same. 
because you're supporting this kind of action, you're supporting the dudes dressing up. Okay, that's fine. But you're supporting dudes that are dressing up that are twerking to little kids. Because you're supporting that, you're part of the problem. You're part of the, you should be standing out there saying, "We we don't agree with this. This isn't okay. We shouldn't be indoctrinating kids. We shouldn't be exposing kids to this kind of stuff." And if you guys went out there and did that as as the LGBT community, I'd stand there with you. I I would support you in in standing against that. J just to be fair, um, there are some that are doing that, but they're getting thrown off of like Twitter and YouTube and TikTok and and Facebook and those things. So the ones that do, as in like the prominent ones that come out and they stand against it, as you're saying, they get canceled and thrown off. So it's it's just. Like it's it's the same problem as we ran into with everything else, with COVID, with Ukraine and, and everything else. If you didn't toe the line with the agenda, because this is what the agenda is. If you don't agenda toe the makes line, money. Exactly. If you don't toe the line, then you're tossed off. It's all statistical. It's all capitalism based and it's all about money. Money is a very natural thing. It'll kill off the population. It'll make the other side really rich and happy. So money is great. It'll give you profit. Well, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is things that are popular are the things that make you money and things that are popular are usually made popular by people that care about making things popular in the first place. We can't overcomplicate things to a point where we forget that all of this is funded by someone. It's making money for someone. 78% of all advertisement on television is from Big Pharma. 78% is over slightly over three quarters. That is Big Pharma right there. Anyhow, Bruce, you said something interesting, you know, the, the word comfortable, the population is, is comfortable and all the craziest things start happening. I believe there's three types of comfort when there's overabundance or three types of state, I should say, every person, there's overabundance. So there's comfortable, but irritated, which is I am physically comfortable, but mentally I am freaking upset. That's, that's one, my, that's the minority of this. Then there's comfortably numb, which is the perfect end goal of what the elite wants. Physically comfortable and mentally numb enough to not realize you're in agony. And there's the third type, which is what we see in all over TV. It's completely physical, now mentally insane. Those are the people that are stabilizing the society. I am comfortable physically. I'm really pissed off in my head. I love kids and I don't like seeing kids looking up dude's skirts. If you don't become comfortable and mentally stoic to survive this, you become comfortably numb or you become comfortably insane. And that's it. That's a very interesting point you bring up. I was listening to somebody over the weekend talk to me about what's going on. And, you know, it was a, it was a very it was a very rational discussion. It was a very deep discussion. This is something that I've already done for myself. I obviously I can't I, I can't put this into context that other people that are not paying attention or not are like they're not going to understand this but i think it, it goes along with what you're saying i think it's essential to survive this as you said and that, like i said this is something that was brought up to me over the weekend but it's something that i've already done and that is you've got to let things go and let me explain you've got to let things go that you have always understood we're moving into a new era you have to let go of the past. This is not the time of sitting around mom's dinner table or grandma's dinner table anymore. That time is gone. You've got to focus on the here and now, because if you don't, then it's going to be like you said, Pavel, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be turned around and you're not going to understand how to deal with this and how to cope with things. It's going to it, psychologically, it's going to be too much for you to understand because you're still focused on things as they were 
And because things are not going back to what they were, then you don't understand what's going on. You cannot adapt to the situation. Take it personally in your family life. You'd start taking thing. you know, your kids don't want to talk to you every, every day or every two hours. You start taking it personally instead of trying to understand why. Uh, real quick, I just want to point out that uh, I was laughing. Uh, I was not laughing at you, Pavel. I was laughing at a thought. Uh, if you would have told me back when I was not politically aware, so I was still a teenager, if you would have told me I'm going to be on a podcast and we're going to have we're going to say we should not be exposing kids to twerking men in dresses, I would have thought you were crazy. Like I would have told you, listen, you need to go see whatever psychologist you can get in with and you need to get. Oh, some I've heard that one. I, I've I'm, heard I'm that serious. A lot in my life. That's like that's just, that's crazy. But but no, it's yeah. like people don't. They don't understand that they've got to let things go. You've got to accept things as they're coming at you, and you've got to be able to adapt to that. And if you don't, then you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt. This was the example that was given to me. This is uh, this was uh, spoken to me from uh, uh, from somebody who was a former Army Ranger. He said, put it in this context. When a soldier goes off to war and they're in theater, the guys that are still thinking of what I mentioned, as in they're looking at things as how they've always been. You're unwilling to let things go. You're, you're unwilling to, to let go of the past. And you're still clinging to this idea. You're going to have a really hard time dealing with things. Whereas if you embrace your situation and what's coming at you, as in the here and now and where you see yourself down the road, and how you're going to navigate and stay alive, then you can survive. You look at things with eyes up. You're positive about things. You're positive minded. You're motivated to want to do something about your situation and everyone else's situation that you're in it with. But the ones that won't let it go, they almost become a liability to the entire team. Man, I've heard an amazing quote recently that goes just with what you said. It's, I love, I love secretness in life. I love this. So... Let's say you take 100 soldiers. Out of those 110, have absolutely no business on the battlefield whatsoever. They're pure liability. 80 of the soldiers are pretty much not going to do anything else. They're just going to be um, targets. Nine do majority of the work and, you know, actually do most of the battle. And there's one true warrior out of that 100. So, so you, have, you have one warrior, you have nine soldiers, you have 80 targets, and you have... 10 liabilities rocking around that. And I agree with that statistic. It's depending where you are, but on average. The thing is, is if you, if you look at it from the left, sorry to interrupt. If you look at it from, from the people on the left, they think they're, they're doing the same thing of what we're talking about here. They're, they're staying adaptive. They're changing with the times because times changed. I mean, now it's okay to have dudes twerking in skirts. I mean, times have changed. So in their minds, they're doing exactly that. They're staying up. They're staying with the times as things evolve, because all these ideas that we're espousing, the uh, men are men, women are women, um, you, we shouldn't be sexualizing kids. You know, some of those basic universal truths that we, we've kind of understood for, I don't know, uh, well, I, I'd say a long time, but then we, we just talked about civilizations reset because of this kind of thing. So they think it's this is. This is all good and everything else is archaic. The the old way. That's the old think. That's that's not relevant anymore. Now it's uh it's okay to be men with men and women with women and it's okay to to incorporate kids into that mix as well and and throw them into uh you know uh adult pedophiles. That that's okay now. That that's what they're trying to say. Pedophilia is now uh what what they're trending towards. They're no longer calling them pedophiles, now they're calling them maps. So everything you guys are talking about, the left 
they think the same thing, but in reverse. They're thinking we're the ones stuck in the old think. We're the ones that are not adapting and changing with the times. Sorry, map, just so I understand. Yes, uh, minor attracted person. Oh, we're, we're there now. What about Nambla? Is that still reeling around? North that American is still Man Boy it, Love Association? As far as I know, that's still a thing, yeah. At North least that, American that was... Man Boy Love. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, I'm maybe maybe I really am a crazy old man at this point of time. I'm just... I, I, I mean, if that's the case, then I'm going to be old man shakes fist at, at cloud. I mean, I'm I'm that guy. I really do that. Case. I really do that. I'm like, that looks like a UFO, you bastards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Like and I, I am pissed off. I am. <laughs> I saw this this kid, this teenager uh, on a bicycle going by my building today. And uh, he had a giant samurai sword in his belt and another bigger one on his back. And I was like, hey, that's actually kind of cool. Just some kid riding. Sounds like a kid. Like 15, 16. Sounds like a kid 15, being 16 a kid. Years old. Yeah, yeah. 15. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he was, I don't know, maybe 12, 13. I don't know. My perception looks good. But man, I hate to bring this point up. People say that pedophilia is normal because the average age of a marriage and having kids even 100 years ago was minuscule. It was like 13. People say that. So that's how it always was. It was more natural. Here's my argument. It's not natural because we were not aware of the same health issues I was mentioning earlier, if you smoke pot terribly, if you drink terribly, all this reproduction, all this sexualization at that age, when you're drowning in hormones, it's literally not healthy. It'll, you know, a young woman, her brain is not going to be mature till her early 20s or mid, let's say in that area. If she gets impregnated at 13, her body will focus on that child being a mother. And, and the husband who is probably in his 50s at this point in the 40s, he's got another slave. Yeah, that's how it used to be. I just don't think that's normal. Now, I mean, I was brought up with just slightly more information, I guess, or maybe different views. And the, the, that age was not that super common. And a lot of young men were also made that. However, some things do not apply for these times. Some things that apply for these times, we shouldn't have. Life is a gray area. If you only take change, chance, you know, change, and, and you bring no baggage with you, if you go on a journey with no baggage, you will die. If you bring nothing but baggage, you're not going to make it. You'll die too. Life's about balance. It's a, it's a new world, new time. Touch dirt. That dirt has been there for millions, maybe billions of years. You are the new speck. You're like a little bacterial piece of poop, just like I am crawling around. We barely know what's going on. The perception needs to be more objective. That's all. Just more objective perception. That's what's missing in everything. Knowledge. Well, it's it is it is it so bad that what we're what we're asking is like stop sexualizing the kids and instead help them get a good education. I mean, like a true education and like uh, help them build character so that when they become an adult, they can be a strong willed functioning adult. Is I mean, like, is that is that 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 uh, apparently that that's evil because that's that's what I want is is kids to be able to grow up and be kids, get an education at the same time so that they're prepped and ready to go when they hit adulthood. Instead of going through the crappy school system that I went through and like we didn't learn the things of like some basic things like how to file your taxes, how to do anything to do with your taxes, uh, how to balance a checkbook. I mean, some of those basic things that you need to know how to do. We didn't learn those things in school. Those would have been very helpful. No, you they were want describing, you to you're up. describing a citizen, not a consumer. It's it's I know you're not. I know you're being. 
not totally serious in in some aspects, but why? Why why do they want kids to look at dudes jumping around in dresses? It'll sell. It'll make sales. It's it's evil. What we want, my perception, your perception, what we're trying to bring up, put light on, or accomplish, is evil from only one side. The people that make money on off those kids growing up the way they are, we're evil to them. We're threatening trends, and trends make money. So literally, we're Lower profits. Do, do they make money though? Because they, they uh, do. This is this is well. No, I mean, if you're if you're trending towards the LGBT stuff, right, and you want to go that direction, the majority of people in the United States, at least, are not against the LGBT stuff. They're against sexualizing the kids. So when you start trending that direction, you're not going to be making money. You're going to be losing money. In fact, Disney is down to like 2014 profits right now because they're doing this kind of stuff. We don't want anything to do with it. But well, maybe they screwed up. But they don't care, though. It's it's pushed by those corporations because these corporations, let's get right back to the Great Reset. They're all ESG compliant. All of them. That's, That's part of this. Exactly. That is all part mm-hmm. of this. If you're not part of Klaus Schwab and his ilk and the people that are behind behind him, which we have a pretty good idea as to who that is. But if you're not behind that, then you can't do business in the new economy. This is part of that. What do you think all this is about? All of this is, and, and your acceptance of this, whether it's morally right or not, doesn't matter with these people. Look at COVID. Look what they did there. Look what they're doing with, with squeezing people out of their homes now. And make no mistake, that's what this energy stuff is all about. If the governments, and I'm not talking about just one, if the governments came out tomorrow and said, we're going to be squeezing everyone out of their homes, because that's what it's really all about. If the governments actually said that, what do you think would happen? It's not that. This, this, this energy nonsense is just like the COVID jabs. Oh, we're not making you pay it. But if you don't, then... Uh, well, you're you're not going to be able to uh, to live in that house. Oh, uh, you don't have to take the COVID jab, but if you don't, then you lose your job and your livelihood, and you can't pay for anything. It's the same tactic. It's the same script all over again. They can't sanction and lock down the economy, so they're just going to sanction you. That's all this is about. It's the same thing with the COVID jabs and the COVID passports and everything else. If you don't follow with the agenda, whether they get paid or not, in the new economy, it doesn't matter. Because they're just printing money. There are no shareholders. This is another thing that that people just can't seem to let go. They think, oh, well, they're not going to make money. They don't care about making money. That's over for them. That should be over for you, too. Bruce, I I know we haven't talked about the the, the Biden administration forgiving student loans. I think this is a good time to pivot. We, We haven't talked about that. And there's a reason we haven't talked about that, because it doesn't matter. Every other mainstream pundits out there tossing around, oh, I don't want to pay this and, and go go and, and get off your butt and go pay for your student loan. It doesn't matter. We're $30 trillion in the hole and you're bitching on TV and in the papers about student loan forgiveness. You actually care about that? We're printing money like it's going out of style. Hell, it is out of style. And we actually care about uh, forgiving student loans, uh, the, you know, the higher degrees, the $10,000, $20,000 or whatever the hell it is. Bruce, do you remember... Since you're on the theological kick today, I'll throw this one at you. This is a good curveball. Bruce, do you remember how Jesus said we were going to forgive loans? Do you remember how Jesus said that in the Bible? Mm, yeah. Uh, I, do, do, I, do you remember that? Because Joe Scarborough on, on Morning Joe was talking to the Reverend Al Sharpton. I'm not sure what he's a reverend of, but he's a reverend. Hey. Talking about how Jesus would have forgiven these loans. At choices, go to school, be somebody. They did, and they ended up in debt. And I think there yeah, was man. a way we needed to relieve it. 
while you're preaching, <laughs> while you're preaching, let me remind you. <laughs> Jesus said to the woman at the well, where are your accusers now? And there were none. And he said, said, I, I, I don't accuse you either. Go and say no more. Turn over a new leaf. We need to say that to the predatory lenders. Right. We need to say that to the universities mm -hmm. that are actually uh, uh, putting out degrees that are worthless in, in subjects that are worthless, that are raking in millions and millions of. Do, do you remember how Jesus said to forgive the loans? Do, do you remember how he said that? That last yeah. part that he said right there, uh, I will say that is true. The universities are giving out worthless, useless degrees. They have been doing that for a long time. You have I, to throw in a little bit of truth. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. But I, I, I'm doing this to trigger Bruce. I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> I want to ask Bruce yeah. a question too. Oh my God, this we're going to do this together. So to, to answer the video real quick, um, anytime someone on the left comes out and pulls out a Bible scripture, it's propaganda. They're trying to pander to the Bible-believing individuals. What he's saying there, that was an instance of she was caught in uh, adultery, basically. Or no, it's a woman at the well. Yeah, it was adultery, wasn't it? Uh, she was like five or six different men she was with or something like that. And he's like, your accusers don't even stand against. Like, come on. He goes immediately after that and says, we have to do the same to these colleges and universities. I agree. They were doing pre uh, predatory stuff, offering degrees that don't actually teach you anything. I mean, gender studies, you know, uh, what is it? The, or the general studies. Water, yeah. Or yeah. General studies. Liberal I arts. Mean, liberal liberal arts. arts. I mean, all yeah, the all the. That's that can be somewhat useful. It's not it's not the best degree in the world, I will, I'll admit. But if you get like that or a poli sci degree or something like that, then you can actually do some work somewhere. I stand corrected. Actually, yeah, that's now that I thought about it, I kind of went for liberal arts for a while. That was the most useful time I here. <laughs> so but the point that he's going in and saying, well, yeah, Jesus would have forgave those loans. No. No, I don't believe he would have. Uh, in fact, I think uh, if if he was around and, um, the, you know, the, the colleges and stuff where he would actually um, encourage proper education and, and teaching and whatnot. But he didn't actually go into education much at all. Well, I say that, but at the same time, he was talking parables and stuff and, and pulling out uh, Torah readings and everything. And, and, and so, I mean, in a sense, he was a teacher. I mean, that, that, that you know, the rabbi. Um, so difficult, uh, the, the, difficult on that sense. But I, I, I don't think he would have forgiven the loans uh, in, in that sense, because there, there's too many other scenarios. It, by forgiving the loan, that means someone else is paying for it. It's detrimental to someone else. So instead, what have would have happened is someone else would have come in like a charity or something and maybe done it uh, or, or something to that effect. But it's not going to be the taxpayer that does it forcefully. That That's the key difference. If, if there's a situation that somebody, okay, if you're a religious individual and you believe God talks to you, okay, uh, let me use an example for, for the, those that believe that. If God tells you to go and pay someone's debt, pay someone's dinner bill, bills, uh, you, you get a prompting to... Uh, give uh, to a, a charity or, or to an, an individual that's begging or whatever, right? Whatever the case. And you choose, keyword, choose to give them money. That's your choice. You, you follow the leading. Whether or not you believe in that kind of stuff is irrelevant. The, my point in this is you made a choice. When the government comes in and says, we're going to pay for this, 
Um, that's literally them holding a gun to your head saying, give us the money. We're going to give it to the other person over there. That, that's basically what's going on. But to Johnny's point, what we're talking about here, part of the reason we aren't pulling, we, we didn't talk about this beforehand is it doesn't matter. Even if they cut taxes completely, it doesn't matter. They're printing bogus money at this point. It, it doesn't matter it, whether they get the money from us directly through taxes or they print it and printing money is going to get the money from us indirectly because then it makes our, our dollar worthless or worth less. And so they're, they're just getting our money anyway. So however you slice it, they're getting our money. Bruce. Okay. So ha, I'd like for you to elaborate on this. And I just, this kind of just blew my mind inside my own mind. We're talking about families. So, so let's say there's a mom or a, or, or a dad that, you know, that's cross-dressing and you're seeing a kid, you know, and they're maybe not going along with it or maybe being forced. That's the general situation. Now, my favorite quote from Bible is when Jesus describes why he's here. And I'm sure you remember, know this better than I do, but he says something like, I am the sort of God. I'm not here for peace. I'm here to separate mothers from children, brothers from sisters. I'm here to basically, you know, wage holy wars. Something like, he says, I am the sort of God. I'm not here for peace. I'm to, you know, separate. Look what, look what we need right now, technically, from that view. I think some kids should be taken away from parents that are forcing this homosexuality on them. Jesus was the sort of God. He did not come to make this beautiful peace. He came to take away our sin, but with that, with the truth comes judgment. Sort of God, the truth. Some parents need to lose their kids. Yeah, so there's, there's, uh, uh, it, it, it's kind of, how, how do I say? Yes, he did come in peace in the sense of when he first, uh, the, the first, I don't know, 2000 and some years ago, when he first came to earth and died on the cross, that was a peaceful act in a sense. But as you said, at the same time, it, that it, he is going by him doing that, he's causing a, um, not really by his act of doing that. What you're saying with, with a, div, a division of the parents and all of that, there is a division when someone, if you look at different, um, groups, um, uh, demographics, when a child becomes born again, or that where they turn to Christianity, they convert the family disowns them. It causes a split, a rupture in the family, as you're saying, um, and vice versa. If, you know, they, it happens if the parent does it and then the kids may disown them and so on and so forth. It, it, there, there's different groups and whatnot that will actually do that. They're very bigoted. Um, that's an actual definition of bigotry. But anyway, so yeah, in a sense, um, I agree uh, to a degree. Uh, if you're, if you're, this is, this is the problem I have with it. I agree. We should be taking the kids away. And that they should be separated from parents that are doing that kind of thing. The the part that is difficult is, okay, who do we trust that to? Who who do we empower to go in and take the kids away? And what kind of systems do we have in place to ensure they're being transparent, that they're being well regulated and those kinds of like because you can't rely on CPS. They're they're uh, uh they're not child protective services. They're literally going in and um in many cases trafficking the kids sex trafficking in many cases there's nothing better for for any sort of pedophile than an already traumatized kid exactly exactly so i agree we should be separating them but and then it, it runs into a who do we entrust with that uh that that that's the problem who the universal question of how do we prove that these are good men that can be trusted you know men and women um, lead that by example a- make it transparent have a group of people that out of the good for their heart for some sort of time, for like a year, 
um, give up privacy for themselves. Be observed. And so public knows for a fact that you're not doing something. Hell, you know, have have a school where teachers are super observed or something. Make me, like I said, put cameras in the classrooms. I don't understand why there are no streams going from classroom to my kitchen. I'm actually okay why? with that. I, I'm actually okay with that. I, th I think we've talked about Agreed. that before. Maybe it was online, offline. I can't mm -hmm. remember, yeah. but uh, I'm actually yeah. okay with that. Putting after, after everything that we've seen, the, the insanity, the absurdity in these schools since COVID, just since then, it's probably been going on longer than that. But since COVID and this critical race theory garbage in these schools, since that, I mean, and that's a whole other rabbit hole we can go down. That's another way of indoctrinating kids. But what's wrong with what you just said? What's wrong with putting a camera in the classroom so parents can see? They were finally starting to see on the Zoom calls when the schools were closed because of COVID. They were saying, what are you being taught? What, what's that's that when it came out. Yeah. What, what you're being taught what? And the parents that would go to the school board meetings, and maybe we can go down this road. I think you wanted to touch on this last week. And we didn't quite get to all of it. But the parents that are going to the school board meetings that are complaining about this are being laughed at by the uh, the school board people, being told, go F yourself, get out of here. We don't want you here. They're being called domestic extremists, domestic terrorists. The Justice Department, hell, Merrick Garland himself, A.G. Garland himself, who's a disgrace after this whole Mar-a-Lago thing, he has even penned a letter that Ted Cruz and Rand Paul brought up in the Senate saying, why are you calling parents that go to school board meetings domestic terrorists? To kind of, kind of well, touch on that a little bit, what we were talking about before we got to that. Even the most well-intended organization, if it's government-run, what happens when you get uh, someone that's not well-intended into the government? What happens when you get, I don't know, let's, let's say uh, you have an organization called the FBI and it's well-intended to uh, help interstate uh, policing? And then you happen to get, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, a regime and in, in, uh, an administration in that um, then uses this organization to target specific individuals that have a different political ideology. What happens then? How do you how do you regulate it? It's kind of the same situation. But then the idea with the schools, I think it should go a step further. I agree that you should be able to watch and see what's going on, watch and hear what's being taught. But then also uh, the students, the money that's going towards the schools should not be going straight to the schools. It should be going to the student. And then the student decides or, or the, the parents of the student decides which school they should go to. So if you're in a school district and the school district you're in has a crappy school, but the district over has a really nice school. You can take your money and your child and go to the other school in the other district and take and give your money there and then also have uh, the video there so that you can see. I think there also should be a VOD, a uh, video on demand. I, I think you should be able to go in and watch previous ones in case uh, you're not able to watch it live so that you can see what's being taught. I, I know here in my state, we've actually had some uh, a teacher that was put on leave. She was then went back to work at, at the school and then uh, quit because uh, here in this state, we ban racism in classes and sexism. So if you're if you're presenting material that says one race is better than another or one gender is better than another, then you cannot present this material. That basically bans critical race theory. So this teacher went to a, uh, I think it was, it's like one of the library, it's on the East Coast. It's a library on the East Coast that has a digital library now. And you can get a digital uh, library card and get all those banned books there. So they're, they're literally trying to circumvent law in these states 
so that these uh, teachers can teach this curriculum. Anyway, she was found out that she was doing this and uh, fired. And then she was uh, given the opportunity to work again, but she couldn't do these kind of things. And she's like, I'm not going to work under these conditions and not allow my students to see this material. And you know what? As an Oklahoma resident, find a different job. You're not welcome here. So how can you know what kind of education, what are your kids learning? So, you know, we're talking about direct um, observation and camera in every classroom, perhaps having the camera in your kid at all times that you can, the, the tech's out there. Um, but I think more importantly, even without the live camera, you can have a transcript program going on, recording the material that the teacher, you know what I mean? That's, that's even, that's way less um, equipment and everything. I mean, just have a database of everything that was said um, in a classroom. Of course, there's going to be, you know, covering of the microphones, whispering, but that's at least that's going to bring, attract some sort of attention, create coincidences. You know, if, if the mic's off so many times in this classroom and kids are complaining, something's going on. Another thing, seeing all, all the videos of how random interviews, you know, a first person to land on the sun and, you know, uh, how, how many stars are on the American flag? That one is a, that's a hard one. A lot of people get that wrong. Have a list of systematic factually based common sense questions and answers, information, facts that every teacher is supposed to know and get quizzed on. Let's say give parents an opportunity whenever they will with no warning to enter the classroom and spend, you know, a day there or, or whatever. Give parents more opportunity to see what's going on and with more knowledge, even some parents that are borderline on, you know, how they should act, will see transparency. We need to create a giant AI server of everybody that gets paid by the tax dollars while they're on a job. I should be able to see what the hell they're doing. Obviously there's exceptions, but in general, that would solve a lot of issues. Well, I've got uh, great news for you. Um, there's a new system coming into play here very soon uh, that will track everyone and their whereabouts, everything about them. And this problem will be solved. Well, Oh my God. See, that's the thing. I was thinking about it early. China, in China, you can't watch porn. In China, TikTok is between hours of, you know, a late afternoon, early night or whatever. And, and it's the gray area of complete control versus no control at all. We cannot. It's, it's the ultimate question of human existence. We are gray area creatures stuck between two binary opposite concepts that we cannot even really truly understand. You know, you can't picture a 100% infinitely good being, which would be, you know, I guess God or the opposite of that. We can't see something that's infinitely small or infinitely big. We're stuck in this gray area. And if we keep thinking of complete, you know, uh, complete terms, we, we forget that we're in the gray area. It's good to strive for something that's unreachable. The whole point of, you know, let's say even God, you can never become like God. It's something to always strive for. You realize that it's impossible for us to reach perfection or even understand perfection and, and completion in either one of those directions. We are gray area creatures that have the fundamental choice. We are alive. God and the devil, you know, they, they supposedly they had a bet. If you give humans freedom of choice will they kill themselves will they be evil we have the choice to be healthy and good yet we're not are you making good choices not 100 of the time we are not i didn't brush my teeth this morning there i said it i was too busy i really didn't i forgot see i'm not perfect i swear to god i didn't it's embarrassing i had like a whole meeting too 
Anyhow, see, I really screwed up. I'm not perfect, but I did kill anyone. You see what I'm saying? Control your gray area. You know, I, I like the comparison that you made there about we have the choice to be healthy, but yet we're not. I think we all have a better understanding, as a, at least those of us that didn't, we have a better understanding of what it means to be healthy over the last two to three years, especially because of everything with uh, with COVID. However, everything within the system was designed to turn us away from being healthy and to be dependent on them to have the cure for you, as in, i.e., the, the, the shot, right? Whatever that was. No, you can't have your gym. Those have to be closed because you could kill somebody. You can't have your private uh, business that sells healthy organic food. You've got to go to McDonald's, Burger King, or uh, Pizza Hut, or one of these places. No, you can't have alternative methods of treatment. You can't have vitamins and nutraceuticals. You can't have any of that stuff. You have to take these prescription drugs, these experimental prescription drugs. Those are your choices. But it's, it's interesting because I go, obviously, I, I go out shopping, I and I buy Whole Foods. I'm not talking about the uh, uh, the supermarket chain. I'm talking about actual Whole Foods, non-processed foods. I buy fresh fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and and these types of things. And while I'm standing there, I mean, I, I usually have like a, a shopping cart that's like loaded up with all this stuff, and that's my food for a week. And I look around and I, I see all these people that are standing in line with me, and they've got like frozen pizza, fried chicken, Red Bull, Coca Cola, pudding ice cream. And most of the time they're wearing a mask. And I'm thinking to myself, how on earth are you doing anything to be healthy for yourself? As you said, we have the option to be healthy. We have the option to make healthy choices, but yet we refuse to. It's, I guess, what is that part of the human condition? Is we just, we, we refuse to do what's right for ourselves? Because I mean, I go out of my way to be healthy. I exercise regularly. I eat healthy, as, as I just mentioned. I also try and grow my own produce. I got tomatoes and peppers and uh, and lettuce and, you know, all kinds of stuff out there that I'm growing. And I, like I said, I, I go out of my way to be healthy. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do any of that stuff. I guess what I'm saying is, is where is in society, where's the push? Where's the push to, to be more like that? And I'm not saying what I'm doing is, is like being a model here, you know, or, uh, you know, the model way of doing things. I'm simply saying, if we're going to focus on getting people healthy and, and moving this along in the right direction, then personal health and personal responsibility have to play a major role in that. Because if you actually do these things, and I'm not saying again that this is a fix all. I'm just saying if you do these things, you're going to have less problems as far as like medical problems or, or whatever. And if you have existing problems, a lot of those things, if you change your diet to what it's supposed to be or as close to it as you can, then a lot of these problems will actually fix themselves. Here, here's what it, what the, I think the answer to is, and this, this sounds arrogant, and I don't mean it really 100%-ish, more like 99%-ish, but what I, what I think is this, right? Look at 99.9% .9 of American society and look at them just like you would look at a heroin addict or a junkie. We need to quit this chemical dependency on electrical devices the same way you would be quitting using a mechanical device and injecting yourself with a chemical that produces the same thing. The reason why this is so hard, why reason, the reason, so, okay, just, like I said, picture that everybody in your nation is addicted to heroin. Also, heroin is extremely popular, promoted, and acceptable. And then there's a small group of people that are saying, look, you're actually killing yourself. So you're like, you're all miserable. You can't live without the stuff and it will kill you. If not today, maybe tomorrow, but it'll stop your life from being long and healthy. How, how do you deal with that? Think of it as literally a subversion on a national scale that got just like Afghanistan tried to get entire Russia hooked on heroin. They didn't have social media. Um, China? I don't know. Who? 
maybe not even China, maybe whoever the breakaway civilization is. Well, a little better. They did a better job than Afghanistan did with Russia. They, they literally got the entire society uh, chemically hooked on an abstract thing that they control. We all need to go to rehab. I literally don't play video games and watch movies. Maybe once in a while. See, that's the thing. Like a tiny bit of headache medicine once in a while is not a bad thing. It's when you're on it all day, every day. Literally, literally na- nation scaled subversion to get everybody addicted to a particular thing. Everything else is kind of a destruction at this point. Yeah, you know, including and I, Corona. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I find it fascinating how you make the connection there to uh, to digital devices and how addictive that is. Those things are designed to be addictive. The whole scrolling, yeah. the <laughs> infinite scroll that you've mentioned yeah. here before—that's what it's all yeah. about. It's designed to keep oh, you yeah. clicking and and touching and doing everything. Do you know that your phone actually records how many times you touch it? Did you know that? And all that information all gets it. sent back? Yeah, all of it. If you go in and you look at these things, it's it's fascinating if you can actually examine the data on your own phone. If you, but people if you don't do look that. at it. Robots no. do. Robots do. That's what I call algorithms. It's what I'm saying. This data is not viewed by a person. The only person that actually makes a decision based on the data is the you know manager per se, whoever he's looking at something that's already analyzed by non-living entities. That's the that's the wall right there. That's the divide between dehumanization and the breakaway people. The, the dehumanized dehumanized population of breakaway people. In between them is a dead machine, a logar- logarithm that takes all the statistics of a living living population, um, breaks it down to very easy numbers, um, to a point where it's a formula where the person on top just tweaks couple of um variables and uh and and the effect spreads to the entire um american society and and america influences the world to a large degree it's like building a giant living antenna that can subvert the rest of the world with it and and there's resistance to it and there's none of this anything to do with the people we are cogs in the machine tiny little cogs in this in this big machine um, chemical subversion happened. Welcome to the Matrix, man. We have, we're all addicted to basically virtual heroin. I, I would just uh, throw out there that, uh, that that is actually here in the, the U.S. Um, not only do we have the digital, as you were saying, and it, it, it's basically we're, we're addicted to a digital heroin. Um, I, I think it's also true that if you look at the opioids, um, and I don't just mean uh, like your uh, heroin or your, um, fentanyl or any, just look at the, the painkillers as an example. Um, there's been study after study that shows that those don't actually work. And it, uh, it, unfortunately, a lot of people get addicted to it. So as my, I agree, it, it is, it is a digital thing, but it's also a, um, uh, real drug. It's, it's a real, it's a real thing. People, <laughs> That's the beauty of programming. Once you understand that abstract things that you cannot even see or touch or smell can affect you in the most fundamental way, you know, that understanding can light some people up and be like, oh my God, here's my way to like control. And 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 the, when the sociopaths and the psychopaths, when sociopaths make it to the to the top and employ psychopaths to work for them and protect them, that's that's when you have a very good little society, you know. <laughs> I, I think we're, boy, we're, we're kind of there, aren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to the Matrix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you got it. Yeah. All right, we're going to have to go ahead and jump out of here. Pavel, I want to thank you for being here this week. We will see you again next week. It's always fascinating to have you on and get your opinion on things, Bruce, as well. 
For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening. 